yes, you are now listening to the sound of Sports Reports is ordered. And tonight, I don't know about the Rock Boys, but we going to tell you who the winners are. We going to talk about some MVP because every week, all y'all do is switch quarterbacks. Ooh, Mr. Logical getting busy. We going to recap this week in the NFL. Who knew? We're already on week 17. Tomorrow night is the last Thursday night game of the season. Browns and Jets, NFL, do better and show us some respect. Yeah, that should have been an October game. Exactly. But yo, as always, I am accompanied by the one and only Mr. Logic. You're <laughs> I am two five. I, just made I gave that him that name. <laughs> I gave him that name. Hooters, Colorado Springs, 2013. Let's go. Yes, sir. Sports Summertime. reports is ordered. Let's get busy. Get it off my chest. Coming right up. So you know, as I've said, we're coming down the home stretch of the NFL season. Two weeks left. Before we get to the playoffs, there's some teams out here doing some questionable things. You know, I am old school. I'm the type of believer of if you got a chance for the playoffs, you just play. So I don't know why Russell Wilson is on the bench. But I wanted to talk about another quarterback. One, Trevor Lawrence of Clemson fame. You know, Jacksonville Jaguars started off the season 6-2. and two. Went over to England, beat Buffalo. You know, had a matter of fact, played back-to-back weeks in England. Hell of a vacation. Started yeah. off six and two, and I guess that makes them two and five since because they're eight and seven now. So I was thinking about them because last week me and Mister Logical had a conversation. I believe it was off air, where I mentioned I would sit Trevor Lawrence if it was me because. We thought he was going to miss some time after the ankle injury Monday night against Cincinnati. I thought he was going to miss a few weeks off of that because that looked bad. He couldn't put any weight on it. He was being helped through the tunnel. So I thought he was going to miss some time then. He came back because he's never missed a game before, like even going back to high school and all, never missed a game. So they played Cleveland. He looked like shit. They proceeded <laughs> to get Molly whopped. I said, you know what? Maybe you sit them down again or, or, you know, like maybe you have that conversation, sit them down. So no, they roll them out. He gets a concussion, you know, gets into the concussion protocol. And I said, Hey, you know what? Maybe you should tr- sit Trevor Lawrence out, you know, because now as I look at these standings, the Colts, Texas and Jaguars are all eight and seven. The so. Colts, the Colts have the Raiders the Texans, who they've already beat. The Texans have the Titans and the Colts. Jacksonville, luckily, has Carolina and Tennessee. You know, so my thought was sit Trevor Lawrence one of the last two games. If you take an L, you take an L. You're still in the same position that you would have been in either way possibly. Now... If he doesn't play this week with the AC joint, 
things could happen. They could lose to Carolina. They could lose to Tennessee next week, depending on how he's feeling, how things are progressing. So what did you really gain by putting him out there injured to do what? You know, like you're tied for first already. Luckily for Jacksonville, they have the tiebreaker over the Colts because they beat them twice. You know, so if it comes down to that, Jacksonville will get in. And I mean, oh, they're showing highlights. I was about to say this man threw another touchdown. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but at this point, what did you gain? Because now you're tied for first place, and any loss might knock you out of the playoffs. Because looking at the wild card, if you don't win the division, Buffalo sitting there with six losses. They have the Patriots this week. You know, they win that game, and if Miami loses to Baltimore this weekend, Buffalo has a chance to win the division in week 18. So Buffalo's playing. You know, uh, the Steelers, they're 8-7 and seven as well, going up to Seattle this weekend. We'll see how that Coach, goes. Coach by Mike Tomlin. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. You know, like I said, Colts got the Raiders who – Yes, they just beat Kansas City, but let's not forget that, what was it, two weeks ago, they got shut out by Minnesota against Kansas City. They didn't score an offensive touchdown. So if I'm the uh, Colts, I feel Aiden pretty good about O'Connell that. didn't have a completion for three quarters. After the first quarter, yeah. yeah. He went nine for 21. <laughs> yeah, didn't so, have a so, completion. So, so from that standpoint, if I'm the Colts, I feel okay. I've beat the Texans already. Granted, it was at home, but the Texans are on a slide right now. C.J. Stroud missed the game. You know, came back and, you know, the Texans got lit up by the Browns, Amari Cooper to the tune of 265 receiving yards. But what did you gain, Jacksonville? What did you gain? And if you don't make the playoffs, you have nobody to blame but yourself. I mean, that's legit because you were on it. Like I said, I think we had that conversation off like in a little pre-meeting. It's probably tough to make that call. It's tough because I think there's so much nuance to it. It was like you're the quarterback, captain, face the team, number one overall draft pick. If you can go, you go. I think we had the same conversation last year, probably just you know before we had the show with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts played a game, I think it was against Chicago, took a big hit. And then he sat the following week, the game against Dallas. They actually sat. And they thought they were going to be able to sit him for like a little longer, thinking that they were going to be able to beat Dallas, having things locked up. But then he ended up coming back. I don't think it really affected him because they still ended up in the Super Bowl and they were, you know, all tests of purposes, a holding call away from forcing the field goal and getting the ball back with a couple of minutes left in the game. So I don't think it really held him back. But it was a situation where they did sit him and the team ended up giving up 40 points and Gardner Minshew had a couple of crazy turnovers. Right. So I think you 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 have to factor that in. Well, I remember listen. correctly, they lost the game to the Saints too. In that, that, same, in the, in that same stretch, they, they lost to Dallas. And so he had to play the final game against the Giants to get the home field. Yeah. But, but the Giants sat their starters. You yeah, know, so like, they so they like this. Yeah. Terry Bradshaw said it when you go to the big dance, you dance with who brung you. That's right. So if you're Doug Peterson, 
You're not trying to run it with a backup. You're not trying to run CJ Breathed out there. If Trevor Lawrence can go, he's gonna go. What well, this, this live is and die with the results. Because what if you put him out, if you put Bethard out there and they lose, and then Lawrence comes out next week and he's like lights out, and people are thinking, like, man, what if he would have played like this last week? But see, but but this is the thing. So my thought going into that was you know, you and I both thought he wasn't going to play that week against the Browns. Uh, because of how bad the ankle injury looked. Oh, yeah, it looked you know, it looked like he was going to be out to September. And, kinda, and, like you're, and you're talking the way about he reacted, right? And you're talking about going out there getting harassed by Miles Garrett, you know, on a bum ankle in Cleveland, number one defense in the league, holding teams to 160 yards passing per game. You know, I just thought that was the week of heel comeback. Next week, be ready to go X Y Z because, like, because, like I said, that's tough with the AFC because you know that's one of the tiebreakers. But they were the but AFC, they were the, your record they, against common opponents, AFC opponents. It's a tough tiebreaker. If they play the game against Minnesota or they play the game against like Arizona, I can see it. But, but it's this, like but this is the thing though they they were up in the division and they had the tiebreakers. So you know what I mean. So like, so I'm not. So I wasn't even concerned in, in the moment. I think they lose with Bethard anyway. So I think that's probably why they roll Lawrence out there. It's like, rather yeah, than they still lost. Rather, so what did they gain? I'm right-handed. I would rather lose throwing right hooks than jabs. You know, but but what? But that's what. I, but that's my point though. What did they gain? And now he then he gets a concussion. You know, their next game against the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. Then he comes out and they get killed by Tampa last week. So it's like, what did you gain? You know, like at this point, does Jacksonville even have confidence? Like, even if he does play, like, is it just simply we're playing Carolina? Or hey, you know what I'm I mean? Jacksonville, like, if I'm Jacksonville, I think his name's Shad Khan or something like that. I'm calling, yeah. I'm calling this guy named Kellen out in Los Angeles and say, hey man, you want to come here and be offensive coordinator? Take it out of <laughs> Dougie P's hand just to get a new voice in the headset because. They have way too much talent, right? Offensively, I think and Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram's as is at ninety eight receptions. So like you, you have a tight end as you know about to get a hundred receptions. Your offense is pretty solid. Yeah, Calvin really keeps running backwards. Yo, stay off a of Fanduel. Like Yo, this they lost Christian running backwards. You know, Yo, like uh, you had the boy Zay Jones was out there with the knee brace on. Uh. But you have a you have a really talented offense. You might just need to take that responsibility away from coach. But I don't I don't I think they're I don't think they're dead in the water this year. I just think the 27 point comeback last year set the team up for and and the fact that like realistically, if they blitz Patrick Mahomes last year in the playoff game at Arrowhead, they win that game. They right. sat in zone and let him just pick him apart. I'm like, he's hobbled. I'm right. sending every fresh linebacker on the roster every play. Like, listen, give me the, the gunner off the punt team. Give me the what? I don't care. Like, I want you to run through the A gap or run through the B gap every play. I'm sending fresh bodies through that hole every play at Patrick because I'm like, I'm not going to sit back in zone let them hobbles. But I, I think that was the, the the high that they got from the 27-point 27, the comeback. And then it was like, yo, we had Patrick Mahomes on the ropes. I'm like, yeah, you could have knocked him out if you would have sent some people through. But, uh, yeah, probably well, maybe you should have sat him. But I figured, like, yo, if, if you can go, go. 
Well, I mean, but they're at a point now, I feel, that if they lose either one of these games, they're out. You know, is how I feel right now. Because it's hard for me to envision the Colts losing twice. You know, it's hard for me. Like the Texas lose a very abnormal game, and we'll get into the details and the minutia of that. Yeah, like like the the Texans, the Texans uh in the Colts, one of them have to beat the other one. You know, or they could tie, I guess, but 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 one but theoretically one of them is gonna take a loss to the other. So you eliminate one of them next week anyway. You know, but it might depend which one. You know, if like I said, if Buffalo um wins out, they lock up a playoff spot regardless if they win the division or not. You know, and you're just down to that one spot because Cleveland's in with a win. Had a crazy year. I know. But, crazy year. But Cleveland, Cleveland is in with a win tomorrow. They beat the Jets tomorrow, they're in. And, and just Baltimore is having a, a career year. And you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? I don't know how you feel. We ain't making predictions tonight. I don't know how you feel about the game this weekend. But I think that Baltimore is going to beat Miami this weekend. But if Miami beats Baltimore, Cleveland can win the division next week. Even with the season that Baltimore has had, Man, Cleveland NFL, can win the division next week. NFL scripted. If Cleveland <laughs> goes out here and wins the division with Joe Flacco, who was doing the same thing I was doing two weeks ago. Right. Sitting around yeah. watching football, talking about it. And see, and that's the crazy thing about it is if, like, if it works out, Cleveland could win the North. Buffalo could win the East. You know, like, it's that crazy of a scenario right now that that could happen. You know, looking at the NFC, you know, for, for the time being, you know, you got some teams fighting over there to get in. You know, Dallas is pretty much in. Detroit clinched the division. Philly's in. San Francisco's in. LA is grinding. You got the Rams. You got the Seahawks. You know, the Falcons aren't eliminated yet. You know, the uh, Saints aren't eliminated yet, but they pretty much are, unless they beat Tampa this weekend. They beat Tampa this weekend. They were, you know, because right now, both of us like are like, wow, Tampa really pulled the wool over our eyes. Tampa looks good. Tampa but, looks But if like they go they out and lose out to the Saints this team. weekend, but if they go out to go lose to the Saints this weekend, we got a mess in the AFC, in the NFC South. You More know, than a mess, um, we'll start out when they were all 0 0. Yeah. So Seattle and Pittsburgh is pretty much, for my intents and purposes, Pittsburgh and Seattle is an elimination game because Seattle's 8 7. But they have two losses to the Rams. So if the Rams keep winning, Seattle's out of luck. You know, um, trying to think who else did I say? Green Bay is still out there with a chance. You know, they got to uh, beat Minnesota on Monday night. Jordan so, Love playing like a like a like a season vet. Yeah, you know, like so there it is. But you know, that brings us to what is an MVP? Because you know, we've been hearing all the things and week to week. I feel like in the last month, we've had four different front runners. You know, like it was two or one week, then it was Brock Purdy. People forgot all about McCaffrey because he's not a quarterback. Then you know people started bringing up Josh Allen again. They Everybody had Dak. got upset. Dak was up Dak there. Was one. Dak was and on now, the one two weeks ago. Yeah, and now it's Lamar Jackson. 
So is Lamar Jackson your MVP? Uh, like, 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 what is what is what is an MVP to Mister Logical? I mean, to me, based off of the way that the award has been handed out, I don't say earned in years past. <laughs> I want to just dismiss the award, but the the elements of the award, you know, people winning the MVP. A lot of times it was. If we could think back, I think Adrian Peterson might have been the last non-quarterback to win it. That was 2012. But he had the ACL tear and the game against the the Redskins, as they were called back then. I remember he had his ACL surgery New Year's Eve because he had a picture of him wearing a the the hat and he had the you know the all the all the accoutrement that comes along with being a you know a New Year's Day, right? And then came back and ran for eight yards shy of the NFL record. I don't know why his coach did not put him back in the game. I don't know how that message was communicated because in the post game interview, I believe it was Pam Oliver asked Adrian Peterson, "Did you know you were eight yards short?" He's like. Short of what? She was like, you're eight yards short of the all-time record. He was like, really? I'm like, how did no one on the Viking staff say, hey, put Adrian in and run Wildcat four times to get him this record? <laughs> Two yards a pop. Because <laughs> they, they had the game. I think they had the game won because I believe they won. Either they clinched the playoff game. that it was like They were like 10 and 6. I think they either clinched the playoff game. Or clinch the division, you know, in that game. So the fact that he didn't know that that's how close he was, it's just right. an indictment on the, the the ridiculousness of the the Vikings organization then. But most of the time, man, every year there's been a quarterback that's been outstanding that set themselves apart, which makes it easy to give them an MVP. Peyton Manning, 48 touchdowns. Tom Brady, 50 touchdowns. Back-to-back for Aaron Rodgers, 40-plus touchdowns. Lessons in in single-digit interceptions. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 50 touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes last year, 40-plus touchdowns. Less than explosive wide receiver core. And they were like the number one seed. They were going to get the Arrowhead Invitational, as Nick Wright affectionately calls it. So I get that part. Lamar Jackson is starting to feel like this year more like they're leaning on the word value more. And he's going to get, he's earning his position akin to how Steve Nash on those Suns teams in the mid, like that early 2000s, 2006, 2007, that range where he was just the architect of this fast pace, get a shot up in seven to eight seconds or 17, 16, 17 seconds left on the shot clock. He was an architect on the court for Dan Tony's offense. Lamar is kind of getting that. I'm not like, cause I'm not dismissing his, is his season. I but he's starting to, he's starting to get the MVP cred off of that kind of impact. There's a oh, wait the way he impacts the game because of the threat of running. That's cool. 
But when you run, like I still need you to get the yards and the touchdowns that equate to other guys. And we'll go through the stats when, you know, when it, when we do our back and forth, like our blind reveals or whatever the case may be. But I personally wouldn't vote him MVP. I think he's just – he's very valuable to the team with the best record in the league. But I don't think – based off of how the award has been handed out, even including the year he won it, the year he won it, Russell Wilson was getting a lot of buzz. But when this, everything with dust all settled, Lamar had more passing touchdowns than every other quarterback in the league. And he was viewed as a running quarterback. So that puts you on upper echelon. So I can understand, okay, yeah, that guy's MVP. But this okay. year, it's a little, it's not, I don't really feel the same way. I got one problem with Lamar Jackson. Just one. He has too many times tried to impersonate Daniel Jones. Hmm, elaborate. Six games under 190 yards passing. You know, and in some of those games, it wasn't as if he threw for, say, 180 and ran for 80. You know, like it would be he threw for 181 and ran for 35 yards. You know, and like uh, we were talking off air, I was looking at Jalen Hurts. No way, shape, or form do I think Jalen Hurts is the MVP. But when I was looking at the numbers, 20 touchdown passes, 15 interceptions. Lamar Jackson, I'm sorry, 15 rushing touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, 19 touchdown passes. So I'm like, okay, you got to give me something. Like if you're not getting, if you're not doing the 35 touchdown pass thing, you got to have some rushing touchdowns to go along with that. He's got five, you know, and that's where for me, a MVP, I'm going to take the easy way out here. MVP changes year to year. And I think, and I think that's the problem in the first place is that all off season people talk about this is the MVP candidate, this is the Heisman candidate, like all this and all that. So when the season starts, your mind is already made up, and a lot of people aren't. Well, this year, this year, this year has been a lot of up and down. I think the problem is they have been, they have become, they being the media and the league. They have been come accustomed to giving the war to a quarterback. So the last few weeks I've been talking on this show. What happened? Miller Moss touchdown pass number six. Uh, Luka Doncic. They were up by like eight. Uh, then now Cleveland went up six. Luka just hit a crazy step back three. 17 seconds left. Yeah, Craig Porter's uh, that guy too. He's in, you know, I saw him in summer league, and now that Garland's out, you know, he's getting some burn and he's making the most of it. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, I think they were just people were just apt to give it to a quarterback. My last few weeks, I was trying to put Tyreek and Christian McCaffrey one, two, however you want to slice it, because I thought Tyreek was gonna play more. Right. Unfortunately, he's been like injured and hobbled and not been able to be explosive. He's not gonna get anywhere near uh Calvin Johnson's record, which is I mean it is what it is it's like it's not something those records are very tough to break. Uh but because they want to give it to a quarterback, I think people just kind of rationalize and justify the numbers like oh 
Yeah, but the threat of him running makes him so valuable to the offense. It's like, understand that. I'm not right. saying that he's not valuable to the Baltimore Ravens. But if you looked at his numbers, and if I give you another guy, I'm going to give you another guy who has – Lamar right now has 3,357, 19 touchdowns, seven picks. Lean his division. I'm going to give you another guy. 3,900, 3,984, 27 touchdowns, 10 picks. One there, one is division. Who, what guy is that? Hey, Purdy, is it Jared Goff? Okay, so Jared Goff has 600 more yards, they have about the same amount of wins. And if you think about the Detroit Lions offense, he is a he's the engine that makes that go the same way Lamar is, right. Right. But he's not getting anywhere near. He's not in the top 10 and MVP odds. So people would say Tua. So we'll look at Tua. Tua, you got Tua, 42-14, but only 26 touchdowns and 10 picks. 4,200 yards with that speed. We talked about Mostert, Hill, Waddle, A-Chan, Wilson. Wilson uh, Hell, Cedric Wilson. Like <laughs> it was like you have this 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 Barrios Barrios <laughs> in the slot, like you have speed everywhere. So with the 4,200 yards, I need 32, 33 touchdowns. The 10 picks is fine. I mean it happens, tip passes happen here and there, but I need 33, 34 touchdowns. If you're gonna say you're the MVP. Cause I got a guy, I got a guy here. Check it out. I got a guy 3,598, 26 touchdowns, eight picks, leading his division. And we both had this team benching him, firing a coach, and they're going 4, 13, 5, and 12. Right. Who was that? Yeah, Mr. Mayfield. Exactly. Getting zero buzz. But his numbers, keep it 100, are on par with, with Tua. Tua just, I think Tua got catapulted with that 70 to 20 game against Denver. And then his numbers have probably been pedestrian and compared to everybody else. Well, well and, I, and I told you, I've been telling you for the last few weeks that, you know, the Monday night game where Tyreek got hurt against Tennessee, Miami didn't even score a touch, an offensive touchdown until the fourth quarter of that game against Tennessee. You and know, I was on the short field. It, it, and then this this week against Dallas, once Waddle got hurt, like their offense just stopped. And I felt just, you know, I'm not Ron, you know, Jaworski or anything like that. But I saw two or three touchdowns where he missed Tyreek. You know, where Tyreek was open or you just throw the ball anyway because he's Tyreek and he walks into the end zone. And so, so Tua, I feel, is having a great season that I don't want to take anything away from him, but I don't necessarily view him as spectacular. Because the position that he plays, he got catapulted into this, 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 this level. And I think that's, that's a lot for most of the players. So if you went to the top, like Brock Purdy is number one. And hold on, watching Luca. Dance with the ball. Run out of time. You better shoot it. Yep. 
No good. Ball game over. Cleveland wins 113 110. How about that? They just double Luca with eight seconds left at the, you know, basically a half court. He ended up throwing it away. Uh, so Brock Purdy, and I, I firmly believe this. We talk about this. We talk about Nick Wright's biases and stuff like that in our pre meeting. If Patrick Mahomes had the numbers and the rankings that Brock Purdy had, with the Chiefs, then the argument for Patrick Mahomes being MVP would be demonstrative. He would be over the top. He would not. He would not allow anyone a word in edgewise to say that Patrick Mahomes was an MVP. Right. But Brock Purdy's numbers, like he's number one or two, to include yards per attempt, he's number one. Granted, he had a bad game, you know, this week with the four interceptions. <laughs> It happens. It's an ill time to have a bad game, but any conversation prior to Monday that didn't have him number one was probably like, okay, let me break it down. Like, let me let me let me find out why you feel he's not number one. Because I thought he, I thought that he had a shot to be number one, but like I said, I don't feel like any of the quarterbacks really separated themselves to the point where it was like it was definitive that this person was number one. But his numbers just were on par, considering the history of the award. Christian McCaffrey, a lot of 49ers players and other players are, you know, lobbying for him because they feel like he deserves more consideration because he's the one that he's the he's the piece that if you stop him, then you make Purdy carry the game on his shoulders. But you can't stop him. But you can't stop him. Yeah, so speaking of McCaffrey, you know, I wrote him down here. He's averaging 5.4 yards per carry. He is the league rushing leader. All right, let me ask you a question. You know, you know I like to ask questions. Okay. He leads the league in rushing. How many yards more does he have than the second place person? Um, I'm going to say somewhere in the range of 250 to 280. 338. 338 yards ahead of the next rusher. He's third in rushing touchdowns. You know, so if you want to knock Tua, you have to acknowledge that Mostert leads the league in rushing touchdowns. 18 of them. You know, and Not Jalen Hurts is number two. And Jalen Hurts is number two. So, you know, so. And you know who that, has 13 rushing touchdowns? Who's that? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. The total touchdown leader, if I remember it's correctly. 40 touchdowns, correct. Yes. So, so that's where, like, for me, when I look at that type of domination, considering what you just said, like you have you have to stop McCaffrey because In the plan to is to make Purdy beat you, but you can't even get there. Like I don't even remember McCaffrey having a bad game. You know, I mean, I mean he's leading the league, you know, by three hundred and thirty-eight yards. So I mean, he probably hasn't had a bad game. But you know, but I wanted to go a different. I think route. he's only had one game this year where he didn't score a touchdown. He was on a streak of like 14, 15 games in a row. Yeah, I think he broke it actually. You know, he broke it um early in the season. But yeah, so I wanted to switch the narrative, if you will, up a little bit because people piss me off a lot. Ooh, let's you, hear it. You know, because obviously we're talking about quarterbacks and generally they are the leaders when it comes to MVP votes and conversation. But I hate when I hear stats that the defense doesn't get acknowledgement for. So let's look at 
Dallas for a second. You know, Dak Prescott was the MVP leader up until about a week ago or so or this week or whatever. And and then the stat was Dallas had won their home games this season by 24.4, average of 24.4 points. And I'm like, so the defense ain't have nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? So so when I look at, say, Bland broke the record for pick sixes in a season, you know, when I look at Micah Parsons, you know, 13 sacks on the season, like, because when I think about this, you know, like Michael Strahan broke the sack record, you know, Brett Favre took the dive for him. Absolutely. But he wasn't in the MVP conversation, you know. And so so when I look at this, when I look at somebody like Miles Garrett, who is on the number one ranked defense, giving, giving up only 160 yards passing per game. Correct. Cleveland is on their fourth starting quarterback this season. So why is Does his he name? Not just- yeah, like not not saying that he got a win, not saying that he got a win. Simply because, but, simply because they have an award that should be viewed as prestigious as MVP in the Defensive Player of the Year award. But if they you have an Offensive this, Player of the Year too. So you got MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. Right. Winning that award should be viewed as you earn one of the top three awards. MVP being one. Offensive defensive player of the year can be considered 2A or 2B. So because you have an award that only your side of the ball can win, right? I don't think they give a lot of guys consideration for MVP. And I think Lawrence Taylor won MVP back in the day, mm-hmm. but he won it when quarterbacks weren't throwing 60 for yeah. They weren't throwing 40 times a game. They didn't have 67 to 70% completion rate. They didn't have an interception ratio of 38 to 8, 40 to 4, you know, just these these uh, these gaudy numbers. They, it was run running the ball and defense. Now with this narrative that it's a passing league, because it's not a passing league, it's a throwing league. Everybody throws the ball. Right. Everyone's not passing the ball. It's a difference. Right. It's a lot of people going out there with like Desmond Ritter throwing over 40 passes, Jake Brown and throwing 40 passes, Nick Mullins throwing 40 passes. It's like you this is not a like you're throwing Yo, the ball. You know, you know, you know, I'm glad you brought him up. Like, you know who Nick Mullins is? He's uh what's me, the boy he, name? He's me on Madden, you know, against Detroit this weekend, 411 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions. Like he's me on Madden, you know, but uh, I will see to to make my point about defense. I will see your Baker Mayfield and I will raise you uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Okay. So here's a stat. Here's some stats for you. So a couple years ago, I thought Derek Henry should have won the MVP. I thought Gurley should have won the MVP. So I asked people, what does it take for a running back to win an MVP? And they said, oh, you got to get 2,000 yards or you got to 
break the record and like all this stuff. So they have all these prerequisites that the quarterbacks don't have. So Antoine Winfield this season, first defensive back since 1999, the year I graduated high school. <laughs> Shout out class 99. He, the first defensive back with five sacks and five forced fumbles in a single season. Also, one of only four players since the year two, since 2000 with five sacks, five takeaways, and five forced fumbles on the season. So he's got 110 tackles from the safety position, defended 12 passes this season, hit the quarterback seven times, the five sacks, five, five tackles for loss, five forced fumbles, and out of those five forced fumbles, he recovered four of them, and he has three interceptions. So, yes, Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans have found the chemistry. They found the H2O, you know, but Antoine Winfield got a little bit of argon or neon in him, <laughs> you know? So, so, so that's where like, for me, not saying he should Someone win, has to be talking it. about, that's the thing. Someone has to be talking about Baker Mayfield in order for you to hear that stat nationally. Right. You'll hear the Miles Garrett stats because all of the turmoil surrounding the quarterback play in Cleveland. So when a quarterback play, you you started you started DTR, you started PJ Walker, you started Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson in and of itself is just drama when you hit a name, and then you bring in Joe Flacco, who's essentially he's an old head legend. And you gotta keep him like he's he's like an old mercenary legend kind of player. We remember Flacco. He played with Matt Ryan. The whole Baltimore Ravens. He had the greatest playoff run in the history of playoffs in the 2013 <laughs> playoffs. Uh, it was like 11 touchdowns, zero picks. You want to know something else funny real quick? So you have that whole conversation going. There's no conversation around Baker Mayfield. You, you, want, you want to know something else funny real quick? So, so Flacco has played the last four games for Cleveland. In that stretch, he has more yards and touchdowns than anybody passing. You know, in those four in that four game stretch, nobody has more yards or touchdowns. You know, of course, he's thrown seven interceptions as well. You know, but it just goes to show you that throwing may not be the be all end all. And Flacco, like, he hasn't played long enough this season to get MVP consideration because we all thought once he came in, the Browns were done anyway. And here they are, like I said, with a chance to win the division next week. But another defensive player, I'm not going to make a big case for him, but I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. So, you know, we talked about the Steelers and how they were something like one in 10 in games that TJ Watt didn't play. And as abysmal as their offense is right now, he leads the league in sacks. He scored some touchdowns this year as well. So I feel that if the Steelers somehow make the playoffs, his name should be discussed as well. Because they would only be in that conversation because of the defense stepping up, even though we know the numbers show you that the Steelers don't have a good defense. You know, but he leads the league in sacks, and he would be the anchor 
of a team that came out of the dirt to make the playoffs. Like if they make the playoffs with Mason Rudolph as their quarterback, I'm just saying. I mean, like I said, I think I think the word valuable is where we get hung up. And uh-huh. we talked about this before. NBA playoffs, now they have Eastern Conference and Western Conference most valuable player. Yeah. And we, we'll talk about this so we're blue in the face. Steph Curry not winning it the year Iguodala won it. It's like, oh, he was more valuable because he guarded LeBron, even though LeBron's stats were something crazy like 38, 8, and 8. Yeah, we held him to like 38% though. 38% shooting. You know, LeBron don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's he just but he just shot a lot because everybody else is right. being clamped. It was right. like it and wasn't Iguodala. It wasn't Iguodala clamping the other right. four guys, and that's why LeBron right. had to shoot it a lot. It was like LeBron just was like, I gotta he didn't have anybody else. He didn't have any like Della Vadova literally was in, I think he went to the hospital. Yeah, he had stuff. to go get an IV. Yeah, he was dehydrated. <laughs> so like they were just under the gun the whole time. But people use the word valuable, and it's like we all know it means most outstanding player. Like Anthony Davis won it. I'm pretty sure I brought this on the show. I think he had like two points, like 14 rebounds in their championship game when Kentucky won it. But he won MOP. The MVP is MOP. The Heisman is MOP. It's just we use the word valuable and then award it to the guy who's the most outstanding. Right. That's been the standard for the award. The word has been valuable. The recipient has been outstanding. Mm-hmm. So, because we can go, because I've I've heard this, because you know, like I'm a I'm a stickler for like qualify and quantify your argument. I get in an argument with a, a you know a, a compadre in my uh, group chat because of his inability to quantify qualify anything he says. He just says stuff, and like, what do these words mean? Like, how would you get to this point? They're like, oh, if you take Peyton Man off the coast, what do they look like? Well, if you take if you take a if you take the two guards off of San Francisco, what does Christian McCaffrey's numbers look like? You need everybody involved. You suspend Kyle Shanahan for two games because he whistled at the referee or whatever. He bumped the referee. That that's value. You get a guy trade, a guy gets hurt. Like there's every player matters. So it's not necessarily just like your presence equating to value. It's your presence equating to outstanding stats. Are you putting up outstanding numbers? That is the right, award. So, we can so, dance around all we want. The award is most outstanding player. It's not most valuable player. So two Trent Williams value to the San Francisco 49ers. How valuable is a 335-pound guy that can go in motion from the fullback position and lead block? Like that's that value can't be can't be equated, you know, can't be quantified, but you'll give it to Christian McCaffrey or Brock Purdy because they're going to get the touchdowns out of it. So two questions. Right. One, one, who is your prediction to win MVP? Two, who is Mr. Logical's MVP? If you had the one and only vote, who's your MVP? The one and only vote. So as the facts change, so does my opinion. Shout out to Michael Smith for <laughs> me. If I had to, I would have to grow as a man and realize, like, even sometimes my own takes 
need to be rehashed. I'm giving a lot of consideration to Josh Allen. I don't want to say Brock Purdy because I still I don't think he's the cog in that engine. But Josh Allen, ever since I took him off because I felt like he gave away two or three games. Do you want to be the Buffalo Bills next opponent? And I know, like, shout out to Nick Wright. If you watch the podcast, that'd be dope. I'm going to tag you in this. I know it feels as if we're getting caught up in prisoners of the moment. But the moment is now. We're mm-hmm. December 27th. Shout out to my cousin Bub in the club. 42nd birthday. Young cousin. So all born in 81. So today is his birthday. We're almost at the end of the year. It's about to be put up or shut up here in the next couple of weeks. In the past couple of weeks for Buffalo, they've already been in that. And we talked about it before. It's like certain teams have been in playoff mode since X date. They talked about that a lot of times when people make their predictions for the first round. It was like, yo, this team's been on playoff mode since the 15th of December. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like you, we've heard it before. I think Buffalo being in playoff mode for the last couple of weeks dominating Dallas. Yes, they played around with the Chargers and they probably should have done better, but you know, that's that's part of the lore of Buffalo. So it was like I think I would give him a nod. I was talking to my son. I picked him up uh Tuesday morning from his friend's house. We talked about the Baltimore San Francisco game. I was like, I did not realize that this Baltimore defense. Mhm mimicked that 2000s Baltimore. I'm not saying like stat-wise. They just looked they looked like they were playing 13 men. Like where well, they I brought, were. It, I brought it up in our preview. Like I picked San Francisco to win, but I was saying that like Baltimore is one of those teams, one of the few teams in the league that can match up with them physically. It just it they, they looked like they overmatched them. And it it felt as if I know you get some tip passes, you get picks, but sometimes when that blitz doesn't get home, most teams still get beat. Mm-hmm. Baltimore didn't get beat, mm-hmm. and it just felt like guys were just coming through clean off the edge. Hamilton getting picks, and then you had Humphrey getting picks, you had Queen. I mean, you just had there were so many guys that were just making prime time statement plays even after Lamar got the the safety that I told you about when he tripped over the referee. Right. And got the intentional grounding. It was like, oh, this is going to be a situation where Baltimore is going to lose by two points and that was going to be the whole story. And they're like, nah, man, we're going to win by 200 points. And they felt like a wave, like a wave of just like a flock of Ravens Edgar Allen Poe style just overwhelming the 49ers and it just looked you know you can make this like you know it's kind of hyperbole hyperbolic or whatever the case may be like they're they're the best team in the league you know people make that statement every single week we've been doing this since week two they looked unbeatable because like I said I don't think Lamar's MVP because I'm I'm still based on the numbers but with that defense and then it seems like the calm that he brings to the offense, like the calm that I think that gives Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh is just like, you know, I'm out here 
chilling. I got the best defense in the league, one of the best NFL cultures. Because I don't think there's ever been a time in Baltimore since they gotten since they went from Cleveland to Baltimore. I don't think there's been a time to where you don't know what the culture in Baltimore is. You can look at a lot of teams, and it's like the Saints used to have a real like mm-hmm. strong defensive culture, and it kind of fizzled. Remember when the Rams had the greatest show on turf? New England had this culture of no mistakes. Nobody gets in. No information gets out. We don't make mistakes. We just win. Right. And you see things in that armor when they had to bring in players. When Tom Brady left, they had to bring in Cam Newton. Uh, you you know, you just have teams like Detroit. Detroit had this thing where, like, they couldn't get over the hump. They had the talent. They couldn't get over the hump. They bring in a coach that, you know, is ready to bite kneecaps. Now they're getting over the hump. Baltimore's always been one of these teams that's like, yo, this is what we do. We put on helmets, shoulder pads. We put on brass knuckles. And we come out here. <laughs> go to war. People, and we punch people in the helmets like the Warriors. Yeah. Warriors. <laughs> like, like that type. So they look dangerous. It's just that can, in a playoff run, if they play Buffalo, can, St- can Stephon Diggs get open on those that zero blitz coverage? Can Gabe Davis slip by Kyle Hamilton when he's supposed to be somewhere? Because he's not really that good of a cover safety. He's more of a like a like a bruiser. Mm-hmm. Can Buffalo take advantage of that in the playoffs? I don't know if a team like Kansas City can because I think I think they're so Buff Baltimore so physical. I think they could take away they could take away Tony Skymore, Nicole Hardman, Rasheed, you know Rice. The other tight ends they have lined up as wide receivers, and then maybe you get six or seven completions for sixty-three yards of Travis Kelsey, and you lose that game, twenty-four, ten, and it's never close. So that's that's the that's the difference. That, <clears throat> but even with that, I think it's a team thing with Baltimore. I think with Josh Allen's doing, like I said, it's fast change. So this is my opinion. It looks like. He would get my vote for MVP. Just uh, if they finish eleven to six. For me, I think Lamar Jackson wins it. Um, the good news for Brock Purdy is that their final two games are against Washington and the Rams, so he has a chance to bounce back, if you will. Um, obviously, Tua makes a whole conversation if they go to Baltimore and win this weekend. Um, but this Tua yeah. is Tua is Tua is the the uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Is he in a position of where he has enough juice to catapult himself up to the top by simply well, just beating Baltimore? Well, I mean, he already leads the league in passing yards, you know. So uh, by the end of the season, he'll he'll be close to 4,800 yards. So you know, he'll have a statistical argument. You know, if they beat Baltimore, they have a chance to get the number one seed. But that would so, make he would have to jump. So he he would have to jump. Well, you got to remember. You got to remember. He closes at Baltimore and against Buffalo. So he's got two opportunities against guys that you're putting ahead of but him in the MVP race. But that's the thing. That's the tough part. Is like he has two tough games that probably won't look pretty. 
Right. Whereas, I don't know what Buffalo's schedule is because we haven't done a predictor. They got the Patriots, and then they got Miami. So Josh Allen might – he might I mean, rock around. <laughs> like two, 230 yards passing, two TDs, and maybe like 60 or 70 yards rushing in the TD. That put him at 43 total touchdowns, 14 rushing, 20, 29 See, Lamar passing. Lamar has a chance to get ugly too because they close with Pittsburgh. Yeah, and, but Lamar's numbers are Lamar's numbers are based off of you are the you are the you're the star, you're the quarterback star of the best team in the league, right? Whereas an eleven and six, Josh Allen would have his team on a would it be a five game win streak to end the season or four? Maybe they five. And, they were six and six. Yeah. So five. Yeah. So, so he'd be on a five game win streak with wins over Miami, Dallas, yeah. the dominance, too. Yeah. And then he has the numbers to back it up. Considering, like I said, I don't think anybody's really giving themselves any gaps. If Christian McCaffrey was close to 2,000 yards, or close, say, say he was at like 1,600. 1700 yards right now then i think he'd have an edge but the fact that we've seen a running back run for 1395 before it just it 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 doesn't feel the same as a quarterback that's throwing for 29 to 32 touchdowns and rushing for 13 to 15 touchdowns and that's why i'm two five because i would vote for miles garrett for mvp yep i wish there was an avenue for that, but like I said, just because he has defense, just be, if he doesn't get defensive player of the year, well, he might that, not because you got a dude that broke the pick six record, you know what I mean? And but he hasn't and, done that in a while, he and, hasn't done, he hasn't gotten a pick six to you, in a while, you know how it is with the you know, I gave you the stat. Well, I mean, luckily for him, you know, Winfield's a safety, so like he probably and he plays for Tampa, so he probably won't get the attention that he deserves. If, so I guess Michael Parsons would be a lot of the buzz. And, and, and TJ Watt leads the league in sacks. So, you know, there's TJ Watt. But you know, you got Michael Parsons. Offensively are so inept that I don't even think the voters are watching their games to see what his real impact is. Because the conversation after every Steelers game is it's a it's a normally a meme or some kind of snapshot in a group, and it'll be a quarterback that that started four games this year. And he's thrown for two touchdowns in three of those games. And then it's Kenny Pickett, Mike, you know, Mitch Trubisky, and they're both like one or zero. Like, so no matter how <laughs> Pittsburgh does in their games, the conversation is around even the game where Kenny Pickett threw the touch the game with a touchdown to Pickett. Pickett. Yeah. And they put the camera on Matt Canada in the booth and he wasn't cheering. And the story came out. I don't know how true it is. But the story came out that Matt Canada wasn't cheering because Kenny Pickett changed the play. I don't know if that's factual, but that's the conversation post Pittsburgh games. Not look what TJ Watt did to maybe keep Kenny Pickett Pittsburgh needs to change the play more. <laughs> they, I mean, he fired him. He needs to change them gloves. Yeah, he do need to change the gloves. But hey, so back to this uh, Baltimore San Francisco thing. You yeah, know, shocking. Uh, shocking. All right, like I'm so. Saying. So now we got to do the thing, right? Like now that we have a podcast, we got to do the thing. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. 
What's your concern level for the 49ers? <laughs> My concern level for the 49ers is this. They have Cal Shanahan as their head coach. No, uh, I'm not. I'm I'm joshing. I'm joshing. Uh, I don't have a concern level. I just think that they ran up against. They ran, into a they ran up against. They, they ran up against a, a team that just literally might be a couple of knots better than their the rest of the competition. We talked about it all year as far as defenses. I believe personally, the defenses, the drafting, the scouting, the coaching is putting defenses in a better position to defend some of these high-powered offenses. I think they're starting to get in a lot of guys who probably would have been safeties. Yo, put on 15 more pounds to play linebacker because I need you to bump these tight ends. So instead of being a 215 or 220-pound safety, get down to two, come up to 230, 235 and play the hybrid linebacker role. So I think you keep your speed. You can catch these guys in space. You can cover running backs out of the backfield. You can cover these tight ends. I just think Baltimore, the way they swarmed San Francisco, it was like we haven't seen any other team play like that all year. I know they lost to Cincinnati, but we no one believes Cincinnati is anywhere on par with uh, with Baltimore defensively. But what Baltimore did to San Francisco was like they literally came at him from every angle. Ain't that crazy? And the 49ers are one in three against that division. Maybe, maybe they, that greatest show on turf philosophy has run its course. I just thought about that. I didn't even have that in my notes. Like it just came to me real quick. They lost to the Browns on the last second field goal that they missed. That they missed. Uh, they lost to Cincinnati before the bye week when they had lost three in a row. Lost to the Ravens. And then, yeah, and then they beat Pittsburgh opening game. Yeah, they beat that's and we thought they were gonna be because like I said, I picked I probably picked Pittsburgh. I think I did too. I think and I did too. That was like my upset we, of the week. We had no yeah, we had no idea Purdy was really gonna bounce back from the UCL because yeah, he just got into surgery, felt like he was coming back too early. We think I think we might have referenced RG3 with ACL and trying to come back too early because you don't want to lose your spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just think, honestly, is that San Francisco just was – once you get behind the chains, like they talk about it, like, you know, first and 10, you run a play, now it's second and 14, the defense plays different. You get well, you six know- yards on first down and second and four, defense plays different. But if you lose four yards in the second and 14 – You know what's even scarier, the- though? I think what's scary for me, and I don't have a, I don't have a concern level for the 49ers. I mean, I didn't have them winning the Super Bowl anyway, but so I'm not concerned about them. But what I will say is going back to what you said earlier about how teams have to try to stop McCaffrey to get Purdy to beat him. McCaffrey went 14 rushes for 103 yards. So, so like Baltimore didn't stop him, like you know what I mean. Like Purdy yeah, just played I bad. Think, I, I think what it was though is that the numbers look, the numbers always don't tell a tell a tale. Right, right. That's why he only got fourteen touches because right. it was back and forth early on. After the Lamar safety, I think the first half. I'm not. I, I don't want to quote the score. I don't want to be wrong. But it was within, it was reasonable. 
Well, I know it the, was like it the was barrage at some point, you know, and yeah, then Baltimore the, the barrage, scored. Yeah, like the barrage yeah. came in the late in the second and then into the second half where McCaffrey got a lot of his touches early. Early, you're right. Right. So he's, he got his yards, he got his numbers. And they took him out but, of the game by making San Francisco play, play catch-up. And then Sam Darnold came in the game because Brock Purdy went to the tent. Four he picks. He threw a pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he went to the tent with four picks. Sam Darnold came in. I think he led a touchdown drive. And obviously, because it's on TV, you got to be like, hey, you never know what could happen if you had right. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he we came right up. He came back out. <laughs> Sam Donald, he still got that crazy windup that he had at USC. He threw a pick. So Baltimore got five picks that game. Mm-hmm. So that's because they just were just around the ball. And yeah, Kyle Hamilton had two of them. This might be a situation where you just as the defense say, all right, listen, I'm gonna th- we're gonna throw these haymakers all day. You can block I'll, some of them. You gonna get you gonna get 14 rushes for 102 yards. You might get a lead on us. You might get a nice drive, but when you think we're comfortable not blitzing, we're just gonna come downhill. We're gonna get the tip pass. We're gonna squeeze, you know, this cover through the cover three that we're playing. You're gonna throw right into it. And that's what ended up happening. Yeah, I don't think I don't think break I don't think he played poorly. I think he just played. I think they just kind of figure out mm-hmm. this is how we're gonna attack them. So how, how how do you feel if you're Dallas and you hold Miami to five field goals and you still lose? You feel like you feel like the only reason you don't is because you're Dallas. And because if it's any, another road game. Like that, if, that was the if thing. You're any, <laughs> if you're any other team, if you're any other team, you'll look at it like, you know what? I'm change here, change here. Like I said, I use my 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 son's sports, you know, between my oldest son when he played high school sports, and now my youngest son he plays. We t- I talked about the game with a rest call like 50 fouls in a 32-minute game. And he said in the locker room. They were pissed because they lost, but then they knew we get to play these guys again. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have the same referees, we know that that guy's not going to shoot 26 free throws. Like one right. kid literally shot 26 free throws. He's like, <laughs> we know we'll be able to defend these other four guys and let this other guy think he could do his thing. But he was getting bailed out a lot of foul calls. I think mm-hmm. Dallas probably feels the same way. It was like, you know, a penalty here. A holding here, a false start here. You know, you, you we go from third and four to third and nine, or we get off the field on third down, but they call a simple hold. Like, if you take out that and you take this out and you take this out, which is simple things to do. It's not like, oh, we need another guard mm-hmm. or we need another offensive scheme. We just need to eliminate this mistake, this mistake, this miskick, this punt that should have gone here. And we would have downed them inside the well, ten. They lost the game on the first possession. You know, seven minute drive, fifteen plays, fumble at the two. They lost the game right there. Yeah. You know, um, you know, but but Saturday night, you know, said I want your thoughts. Don't give me your pick. I just want your thoughts. Saturday night, Dallas goes to go play a team 
that won their first division since 1993. That's going to be a hell of a game. That was a, that was a good year. I think around the way girl was so hot from LL Cool J. You know, say, yeah, I was 12, <laughs> man. You know, uh, but yeah, they, they go to Detroit this week. You know, and, 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 and lo and behold, lo and behold, Detroit still has a chance for home field advantage. It probably has a lot of stuff has to kind of pan out, but it could. I mean, no, if you hit, if no. they hit the parlay, they're eleven and four. Philly's eleven and four. Dallas ten and five. Mm. It's closer than it's closer than you realize. You know, uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen just because uh, you know Philly plays the Cardinals this week. You know, so never uh, know like, Cardinals might be coming out there, and then, and then of course, you know, they get their rematch with the G Men next week. So theoretically, yeah, theoretically, they should win. Whereas Detroit has this game against Dallas, and then they have Green Bay. You know, uh, Green Bay fighting for their playoff lives, and you know, so I like yeah, I like Detroit's, Detroit's right year. Uh, we talked about it with the MVP odds. I don't know why Jerry Gov didn't Jerry Goff didn't get more love. I think um, there's a I think there's a narrative on Jerry Goff. You I mean, know, he with, the role. no, I know, but but you know, but the Rams traded him for Stafford. They won the Super Bowl. He got the, traded because he was trying to knock Sean McVay's wife I down. Know. But the he thought, didn't get traded because he was inept. But the talk was they had to get Stafford or some kind of upgrade. Because golf couldn't win you a Super Bowl. And Jer- but keep it a bean, Matthew Stafford couldn't win you a playoff game. So I, mean, he, I don't believe that. Bean, think- you know, he threw that damn pick that Game's over. Um, yeah, I think it was more of Jared try to try to slide in my my whiz. I gotta get rid of him. At least that's the story that we got. On it, I don't know. I hadn't seen any screenshots. <laughs> so, like I said, I don't know exactly. We don't. We don't. I don't know if we know what the truth is. But if you're telling me that I had a guy that's won me a couple playoff games, he won a duel but against Patrick Mahomes, fifty-four to fifty-one in the Coliseum, when you're not even the most popular team in your city, he gets you to the Super Bowl, and Sean McVay tries to out Belichick, Belichick, instead of just sticking to his game and doing his thing. Uh, but Jared, like I said, Jared Goff should get more consideration. I think even Stafford should be getting some consideration. You can't consider everybody. Obviously, you can't right. have a ballot of fifty names on it. Well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, hopefully, we can get that playoff matchup. Uh. L.A. Detroit. Yeah, it'll be in Detroit. Yeah, it'll be a swan song for Sap. He'll he'll throw the game away. <laughs> you know, he doesn't, um, he doesn't play well in Detroit in playoff games. You he's, know, but he, he uh, that. but you know, back to Dallas for a second. You know, C.D. Lamb. You know, first quarter, four catches, ninety-three yards, and a touchdown. Didn't get another target until the fourth quarter. I don't know you how know, that happens. I don't know how that happens either. You know, they he added two catches for 25 yards, you know, so it looks good. You know, six catches, 118 yards, you know. But, yeah, Miami definitely either took him out of the game or that just didn't take chances. Like, I felt like 
Dallas played, I don't want to say scared. That's too strong of a word. But I think, yeah, they were they were tentative because I think they just wanted to keep the ball out of Miami's hands. But they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't establish the run. Uh, Tony Pollard went, I believe, 12 carries for 38 yards. They couldn't establish the run, and it turned into Dak go be MVP. And I remember he went down the field, they scored, and the announcers, like, right after the touchdown, they were like, Dak just had his MVP moment. And I was just like, is this – People are obsessed with it. Yeah, and I'm like, is this the Heisman now? To the point where there's no discernible real analysis. It's just people come on TV to – project the narrative if you look if you because i was I, wa- I wanted to bring this up recently if you look at all the teams that have quality quarterbacks that are flat out struggling to score points mm-hmm. what do they not have they don't have a f- running back that you are afraid of think back to the minnesota vikings because the minnesota vikings when they drafted adrian peterson in the top, I believe he's like sixth or fourth, but in the top ten of that draft, they had Christian Ponder, mm-hmm. Tavares Jackson as their quarterbacks. I think they slipped in a Brett Favre towards the I latter. Think they had, uh, I think Joe Webb started the playoff game. That was after um, Favre had gotten like hurt because oh, Webb. Okay. I think that's how I were. I think w- when Favre broke the streak, Webb was playing, and then. I think Favre had like that numbness in his arm. He couldn't play. Uh, but Adrian Peterson was lined up against eight-man boxes. That game against San Diego where he broke and now still holds the NFL rushing record 296 yards in the game. Christian, I, th- I think Christian Ponder was his quarterback. Not a passing threat at all. So if you have a guy like if you keep Zeke mm-hmm. and you keep that two-headed monster and you or if you're the, if you're Chicago if you're New York and someone wants Saquon they want to give you first or second round picks for him maybe a third and you're Tennessee and is like listen can we run a double headed monster of Saquon and Derrick Henry can we afford to pay them both do we pay Tannehill eight million less and we get this guy and we figure out the books because that's that's the difference look at Brock Purdy Brock Purdy's production. It's predicated on how well McCaffrey plays. Tua can make those play actions and all that other stuff work because Mostert's a good running back. And A-Chan and Wilson are just speed on speed on speed. But, yeah, if you look at a team like uh, Kansas City, probably a generational talent at quarterback, can't run the ball. Mm-hmm. No one, No one believes in a run. You look at Jacksonville with ATN. ATN is a passing, pass catching back. All right. There's so no threat of him running up the gap. So I think a lot of these teams, if they ran with if they ran with conviction, with real conviction from the running back position, they'd be fine. Dallas would be leading the division if they ran the ball. So better. since you brought it up, if playoffs start today and it was Cleveland, Kansas City, you taking Cleveland? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I would take enough. I would take I would take Cleveland because Cleveland has at least two real receiving threats that can just like between Cooper 
in Njoku, and obviously Kareem Hunt is a running threat. I think that Kansas City, what kind of throw was that Oklahoma State? <laughs> that was a terrible right throw. At, right after that beautiful catch two plays ago. Yeah. Um, I don't think if I'm if I'm Cleveland's defensive staff and I'm game planning against Kansas City, mm-hmm. I don't I don't I'm not I'm not losing sleep. Oh, they blitzing. You know who their coordinator is, their defense coordinator is. Probably Greg Williams. Jim Swartz. Oh, Swartz. Okay, yeah. So Greg Williams yeah, yeah. Jr. Yeah, they coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, I think that we got to talk about that, though. Like, we talked about it. The Raiders didn't complete a pass after the first quarter. You know, they didn't score an offensive touchdown. And they went into Arrowhead and won. Like, so I don't know if that – I don't know if that did a, a service that will have Antonio Pierce as the Raiders coach next season. Like, I feel like the Raiders are going to want a bigger name, but I feel that I brought this up a few weeks ago. Mr. Logical disagreed with me. You know, I thought the Raiders were playing their hearts out for Antonio Pierce. You know, so we'll see. You know, um, they play the Colts, and then they get Denver with a little Jarrett Stidham action. So, you know, at worst, the Raiders finish 8-9. and You know, uh, possibly, you know, Seven and ten, they're not out of the playoff race just yet. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I can't explain how Kansas City lost that game. I can. There's no reason for anyone on the defensive staff of the other team to adjust. Right. I can go. I can. If I keep four eyes on Kelsey mm-hmm. and I keep one safety over top for everybody else, that's it. Like nobody else gets open. I watched that game. I don't believe Kadarius Tony was on the field much. I don't recall many formation with Sky Moore in it. I recall like they were running uh Blake Bell, the guy used to be a quarterback at uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Um, the guy the Watson. Teams have been able to focus on Kelsey, and nobody else can beat him. But the thing about focus on Kelsey is that Kelsey works in the trenches. And Kelsey, and the reason that Kelsey can get you the yards he was getting you in previous years was that somebody else was open. At least on these other, so Mahomes throws 40 passes a game. We'll say 22 to 24 of those passes. There's a couple of guys open and he mm-hmm. can take his pick. So when he hits that backdrop or he scrambles a little bit, you get a guy that uncovers Tyreek, uncovers Juju last year, or Juju, who he was a he would uncover. Even MVS to some extent would like get, you know, get deep. But now, because you don't have a threat underneath, you don't have to bring that safety down. You can just leave him over the top. Mm-hmm. So you can't run that deep post because McCole Harmon, I don't know what he does for football. Like, but he doesn't seem to be in the passing attack. Like I said, I didn't see Scott Moore. I don't remember Kadarius Tony. 
Um, they had the play with Pacheco handing the ball off to Mahomes that got fumbled. Kadarius Tony, I believe he was a high school quarterback. That's a perfect play for him because mm-hmm. he just as much as a threat to run. Matter of fact, I would have probably called that play for him to catch it and fake it. They just don't just, trust him, I guess. <laughs> so it's like either they don't trust you in like like in your game plan is like you don't have that many options. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're gonna do all this herky jerky stuff with the motion and, and the direct snaps, get it to these guys because Chris Bussard said it on first things first all last week. He was like, You're playing the Raiders this week. He was like, I would have all the guys in the game that we've all been talking about are getting a lack of trust or lack of respect and just feed them the ball. He was like, you're playing against his rookie quarterback out of Las Vegas. Uh, Interim head coach. coach. You're playing at home. Just get these guys on the floor and inspire confidence. Mm -hmm. But they didn't do that. They tried some other stuff. And it didn't work out. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, like I said, I, next week, or you got Kansas City. Sorry, who was it again? Um, for the Chiefs? Yeah, Kansas City has who next week? Uh the Chiefs are playing uh Cincinnati at home, and then they close at the Chargers. So they theoretically should win both of those, but I probably wouldn't be shocked if Cincinnati beat them. It wouldn't shock me either. Cause like I said, I just, I feel like their passing game because Pacheco went out again last week. Sorry. Pacheco went out again last week. Edwards Hilaire broke a couple of tackles and got a couple of runs. They got inside the five. But there's no there's no separation. There's, there's no threat of separation. Kelsey's the only guy that you expect to really uncover on his route. Guys uncover on the scramble because Mahomes is scrambling around and getting through stuff. Like Watson caught a touchdown when he was scrambling. But straight up off the line running his route, Kelsey's the only guy that's going to be open. Mm-hmm. But if you double cover him, it's hard to beat double coverage when everyone knows the ball's potentially coming to you when you're like potentially the read 90% of the time inside the red zone. Right. It's hard to beat that. Like you can't shake it. Cause like, is a dude just waiting. It's a guy guarding you. And then a dude is waiting for your shake move. Both of them are going to fall for it. Especially when it's like, listen, man, don't worry about any of these guys running routes. MVS is not a red zone threat. Rasheed Rice, maybe, but He's still working, you know, because he's a big body trying to figure, okay, how do I get open in these tight spaces? So you just use the back of the end zone as your extra defender, and you just double Kelsey. And I want to, I want to take a moment to give a shout out to Robert, not Mo Salah, you know, for uh, getting this team to six wins. You know, uh, blowing a twenty-point lead in their I'm home like finale. Giving for I'm that. giving them credit. That team. I'm like, they started Tim Boyle like three games. I'm not giving them any credit for that. You. They still won six games. Weekend. But that's the thing. You probably would. It wouldn't have been a struggle to get to six games if you. Oh yes, it would have. Zach Wilson. How many games was Zach Wilson going to win? Like, if he played every game this season, what was their record going to be? He would have beat the Falcons. 
Maybe. I was at that game. He would have beat the Falcons. <laughs> Maybe. He scored 13 points. Hey, apparently Trevor Simeon was the answer. Yo, he was awful. But <laughs> even with that, Boyer was connecting on some deep throws. Zach Wilson beats the Falcons the same way he beat the Texans. I I think that Robert Sala, not Mo Sala, he, for lack of a better word, is lucky that Aaron Rodgers got hurt because I don't know. If he's, I don't. Out. I don't know. I don't know if he's that good of a coach. I'm just trying to figure out why Washington didn't fire Rivera after the bye week, or you know, during the bye week, and give Bienemy a trial run. I'm also trying to figure out why it even matters to bench Sam Howell at this point. Bienemy, because they're all done. They're all done. You're about to be the Carolina Panthers 2.0. You know what I'm saying? New ownership and Dallas group. coming up. You have a new ownership group. You have a guy who has success. I believe he owns the 76ers. He does. Mm-hmm. And then he owns another professional team, or at least he's on ownership group of another professional team. You got Magic. Yeah, so – and then you got Magic Johnson on it, So, which makes no sense to me other than – just he he saw an investment and he just he, had he, money. He's a billionaire <laughs> and he's part of it. But yeah, all of that, that's all getting stripped out. That's like, you know, you we all have a friend who likes to restore old cars. Yeah. Yeah. The the Washington commanders are gonna be that old car in your friend. Oh, yeah. So Mike Tomlin gonna pull up you'll think that needs Mike, this, that needs that, and it's gonna Mike, be in the garage for years. Mike Tomlin gonna pull up talking about. It's all about family. (laughs) (laughs) They talking about. I've been seeing all these rumors that the Steelers may look to trade him. So you know, we'll see what happens. And I know you wanted to get to this. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you get to it. All right. What happened at Mile High the other night? I mean, it's just a masterclass in (laughs) who's a real coach. A real leader of men, <laughs> a real man amongst men, a real, like a real leader. Sean Payton is not that guy. Something about you, the Western Kentucky quarterbacks. Listen, man, you put <laughs> shout out the Western <laughs> Kentucky. You put Russell Wilson in New England with Bill Belichick telling him, "Just don't lose a game for us." Because Bill know, Belichick I- is famous for saying. Don't tell me what a guy can't do. Tell me what he can do well, and I'll have him well, do that. Well, so see, if you I, can't rest the passion, but you can, you, can, you can defend, okay, cool. You, was, you're just going to be my linebacker that you, I don't put you in there on blitz now. I was talking to somebody today, and I was like, yo, Russell Wilson would be such a fit for the Patriots if they weren't about the rebuild or, you know, like he would be such a great fit even in, like, Pittsburgh, you know, like – from a personality standpoint, you know, because like, I think I think Sean Payton is a Hollywood coach. I think he went out to Fox. I think they film in L.A. I believe he sat down with these dinners with these people and he was eating this caviar from Botic <laughs> Farm in France and this lobster from there. Maine that was like organic. Like, I think he sat around with these execs. He started filling himself. But when it comes down to it, he was a mediocre coach with the Hall of Fame quarterback. 
There's no other way to slice it. His record coming into this year was the same as Mike McCarthy and Mike McCarthy three years in a row since coming to Dallas. And even his time, you know, he had a bad couple of bad years in Green Bay. But his time in Dallas, people have been trying to run him off. He's at 12 wins, 12 wins, 10 wins. Yeah. Sean Payton. They're going to get at least 11. They got Washington in one of these last two games. And then Sean Payton's out here. Listen, I don't know. I'm not a confrontational person. I'm not like, like I can fight. Don't get it twisted. I got hands. You catch me in the streets, you might get knuckled up. <laughs> but I understand the 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 the, the, dy- the dy- dynamic or whatever of like coach, player. And I understand that certain coaches are going to be demonstrative and they're going to bark on you. They're going to yell. I understand that. But I'm not a young pup. I'm, I'm like Russell Wilson's 33 something years old. Mm-hmm. Wife, couple of kids, career, Super Bowl ring. Just a man that experienced life. Man's lived a life. Yeah. So you need to stop flipping your headset up and barking at me in front of all these people on TV because like I'm Jared Stidham. Because you, you, like at some point, Russell's got to get on the podium. Like, listen. Yo, they brought this bum ass dude in here, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of his arrogance. I'm sick of his attitude. Y'all paying him twenty million dollars because what are gonna do? Cut him? Cut me and pay me eighty five. That's why Draymond Green yeah. would be the good. See, that's why Draymond Green would be a good football player because he would get he up need- there and, and they would say, you know, uh, Coach Payton was upset about something like, you know, like what was he telling you? And Draymond would say, I don't know what he said. But he was about to get punched in his face. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Russell Wilson needs like an angry translator behind him. Like, like I said, that key and pill skit. That's what, he, <laughs> that's what he needs. Because Sean Payton's acting out of pocket. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. It's gone nuts, you know. Um, embarrassing. You know, uh, but Denver gave that game away. Like it had nothing to do with Russell Wilson. Like, I remember at one point, uh New England went down and scored. Ensuing kickoff, they fumble it, and New England scoops it and runs it into the end zone. And Denver made a comeback, but that was basically the game. You know, Billy Zappi, of course, still top of fame, you know, gets them down the field. And shout out, you know, speaking of shout outs, kids out there in America, look, this word is overused in the Air Force every single day. But you have to be resilient. You know, <laughs> this kicker for the Patriots, uh, Chad Ryland, 15 of 23 on the season. He had missed a field goal in that game, missed an extra point in that game. And he comes through from 53 with the game on the line. You know, Bill Belichick just will not die. Robert Kraft is pissed because he wanted the number two pick since Chicago is going to have the number one through Carolina. Belichick is messing up all the plans, so he might get traded. Absolutely. He's about to get his, his uh, what's the boy named Lovey Smith on? <laughs> they told me, yeah, we hey, 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 they beat Buffalo once this year. Yeah, I don't watch, think it's watch out, happen. Orchard Park. Watch out. It could be, it could be tough. Um, like I said, like, I mean, I get it. I bang on Sean Payton mainly because I just don't like the way he handles like Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick will go to the podium and you ask him a question like, 
Has Robert Kraft talked to you about your security and your future as the New England head coach? Now, you're really asking me if my boss is going to fire me, and you asked me this on national TV, but he reacts. He's like, hey, listen, we're on to Denver, or we're on to Kansas City, or we're on to the bye week, whatever the case may be. I think he handles it. Uh, but Sean Payton talked about, you know, I called the play. You know, we're not getting the plays in on time. If we have to wristband it, we'll wristband it. <laughs> and it's like you keep acting as if you not parties collapses, dog. Like, like you're infallible. You got, infallible. You got one Super Bowl appearance ring off of an onside kick and a pick six because sometimes Peyton Manning kind of falters in the big moments. Mm-hmm. That's it. You were five and eleven like three years in a row with Drew Brees as your starting quarterback and missed the playoffs. A lot. Throwing for 5,000 yards. 5,000 yards, 8,700 touchdowns, <laughs> 50,000 slant routes to Michael Thomas. Like, you got Michael Thomas hurt by having him in the game because your ego. Your yeah. ego. Ego got him hurt in that game against Tampa Bay. He didn't need to be in there. He didn't need to be running any plays. Ego got you suspended for a year because you were doing the bounty gate. Ego got you the record that you have. And your arrogance is costing you even more now. And I'm like, I don't know why people aren't calling them out on this even more. Like, I hope. So, so who's this. more overrated? Who's more overrated? Sean Payton or John Gruden? Sean Payton. Okay. Because Gruden is Gruden. At least when he went from when he left the field, and he was in the booth, and he was doing like that that pre-draft stuff. That pre-draft stuff with the quarterbacks. He had a. Like X Y Spider Z or what it was it X over Spider Y banana whatever that play is. <laughs> he loved Andrew Luck. Like he had that that you know a likable likability to him. Sean Payton yeah. never had a likability to him because it's like how you even get a job when you out here head hunting quarterbacks right. and paying your players like how you out here disruptive in the safety of the game, but yet. You get this job on TV. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. But you know, he uh he is who he is. Denver stuck with him. So, you know, um, you know, they got the Walmart money, so it'll be all right. You know, Russell yeah, will probably be out of there. Yeah, Russell will be out of there next year. You know, um, I don't know where he's gonna go because I was trying to think about it. You know, um, I don't see Pittsburgh bringing them in if they don't have Tomlin. If they don't have Tomlin, if you don't have a coach that's over ten years coaching, you know, yeah, like I think uh, you got that. You know, like uh, maybe the Raiders, you know, but they got Garoppolo still. You know, I don't so. think I don't think they'll make a move for an older guy. I think I think Garoppolo, if they can get him off the books. I think they will. I, I see the Raiders making a, a Devontae Adams trade to who finally to move up to get like the quarterback of the future. He should have did that. He should be gone already. Like the he, moment he, that they the moment that Garoppolo was out, like whether he was injured or they decided to the bench moment him. That they felt like they were gonna fire the head coach. He should have started your rebuild then. Right. Because exactly. I'm gonna start a rebuild with my interim coach who has eight to eight to nine weeks experience get rid of all the vets 
You're not really good. I mean, he do have him playing hard though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so at least he's got that going for him, but he's not getting that job. If Kansas City had one dude that can get open on a slant route, they lose that game. That's like just one. If one dude can, if one dude can get open on an out route and not let the cornerback undercut everything that Patrick (laughs) Mahomes is going out there. They lose. Well, like I game. said, they got shut out last week. I mean, uh, a couple weeks ago. So you know, it's Minnesota. Yeah. So you they know, played I mean, hard, but like Aiden O'Connell is not the answer. No, I, I mean, fifth, he was a fifth round draft pick. So I mean, you know, you got to work that in. You know, everybody can't be brought. I don't like his mustache. <laughs> his mustache says I'm not serious about how I look. I need you know, my quarterback to be pretty. I need you to be out there, like really. I need you to be out there, like. Like you trying to run for class president. That's how I need my quarterback to look. <laughs> I need my quarterback to look like a guard. Right. I need you out there, Jimmy Garoppolo style with the with with the butt chin. You know what I mean? I need you out there like that. Like I need you, I need you sitting courtside at at you know basketball games in the chili to try to holler at you. I need you to be able to galvanize a room full of men, and most men follow. Tall, handsome yeah. dudes. People can argue that <laughs> fact all you want, but every president of the United States, with the short, with exception like two, maybe three, I think Taft might have been five eight, and uh, Theodore Roosevelt might have been five eight or five nine, but for the most part, they've been six foot, six foot plus. Obama, Trump, Biden, Washington, Van Buren. FDR, they've all been tall. People <laughs> are known to follow tall, handsome dudes, especially even other men. I need my quarterback to be one of those guys that people can follow. He's not one of them, and they're probably going to get rid of him. That's why most of it. look at the head coaches. Look at all the head coaches that get fired. Uh, Little dudes. Time. Staley getting <laughs> fired. Steve Wilkes constantly getting fired. Uh, Frank Wright's tall, but he's just not a good head coach. I love uh, my man uh, Fangio. Fangio. And uh, Vance Joseph. Tubby little guys, short guys. He's out here just getting fired. <laughs> Mike Tomlin's probably holding it down for the 5'11 crowd, but I mean, look at these guys getting benched. Like, you just, you're getting benched for just size. It just it's like a thing. It's, I know it sounds like, you know, super childish and like, you know, superficial, but it is a is a fact of our, you know, the microcosm of our. Ain't nobody trying to play society. Matt Barkley. People trying to like <laughs> Josh Allen. Josh Allen being six four. Josh Allen, Calamari play the same way. Yeah, but one of them's supposed to. One's not. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. But yo. We will be back on Thursday, or I'm sorry, Friday, because, sorry, I'm going to the Alamo Bowl tomorrow to watch Oklahoma and Arizona. But uh, we'll be back on Friday. We're going to have your playoff picks. You know, Mr. Rutley is going to tell you why Michigan don't have a chance in hell. You know, we're going to talk about NFL picks. Snowball stands in the air for her. You know, stay tuned. We got more coming at you. Sports reports is ordered. Like, review, subscribe, do all the good things. It's free. Be Tell a good person. It's the holiday season. Appreciate y'all. You know, saying December's been a great month for the podcast. You Absolutely. Know, Applause you know to all saying? the fans. Yes, sir. You know, Mike saying? Video's got like 3,000 views. It was going, it was up. You know, saying? Up. 
best biggest movement since Dipset. You know what I'm saying? We out in here. You know what I'm saying? Mr. Logical Run New Jersey. You know Shout what I'm saying? So Broken Windows Initiative. Make sure y'all look out for that. Yes, sir. Nonprofit. Get back the hood. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? We will be back. You know what I'm saying? Until then, peace and love. You know, enjoy your new years. We love you. We love you. Peace.